I had a patient who came in for a breast reduction and had had previous fat freezing on her abdomen and had the most unusual abdomen that I think I've ever seen. She'd had six pads used um, where each of those had been, it had increased the fat in those areas and so she had the, the strangest looking bulges. Hello ReFam, welcome back to Keeping It Real, the podcast that debunks questionable cosmetic procedures. I'm Kate and today I'm going to chat with Dr. Richard Bloom and Dr. Kim Taylor about fat freezing. Now, fat freezing isn't a brand new thing. It's been around for about a decade, but it has fluctuated quite dramatically in popularity. It was first used in 2010 after researchers noticed fat degradation in the cheeks of kids who were eating too many ice blocks. Who'd have thunk? But anyway, we're getting into the thick of it this episode and we're going to tell you once and for all if fat freezing actually works and what to be wary of if you do book in. Welcome, Kim and Richard. Let's just start with the very basics. What is it? So it is using a technology to freeze fat cells called cryolipolysis. So there's a number of different machines that do the same thing. And so it drops the temperature. Basically, it sucks the area being treated into the head that's giving the treatment and it lowers the temperature to below freezing, which preferentially damages the fat cells and makes them dissolve. So in a nutshell... Cryolipolysis is the technical word for it, and that, that's how it works. It kills off the fat cells. As with anything that sounds too good to be true, which this does, does it actually work? Uh, in certain circumstances, I would say yes. Um, patient selection is key to this, and the pads that are used or the, the heads that, as Richard said, um, can only treat a specific area, which is actually relatively small at a time. And so when a patient is getting assessed to have this treatment, they kind of think, oh, you know, maybe it's X number, like $1,000 a treatment, but that may include only one or two pads, and they may need 6, 8, 10, 12, depending on which areas need to be treated, and then also generally need to have more than one treatment. So... Um, if you're looking at the the selling point number, it may look absolutely too good to be true and generally would be because once um, someone's been assessed, no one's body is generally the same size as the, the pad. Probably one of the best places that it could be used and I've, I've seen um, some people get some okay results is in the upper arm. So if you've got no loose skin, tiny bit of, extra fat in that area, um, it may actually be the right size for the, the head of the unit and one treatment might might help in that area. And I think Kim's just um, hit on the main downside of this, which is that it doesn't treat the skin. So there's a generally a very limited number of patients who have fat excess in a certain area but no skin excess in that area. And so that's where the, the, the system falls down. And it would also have to be a small amount of fat excess. So it's certainly not a good treatment for someone that 
has uh, even a mild to moderate amount of excess fat, um, really for very, very small pockets of uh, fat in areas that have excellent skin quality. So who exactly is the prime candidate? Is it young people? Is it incredibly healthy people already who just want to spot target? Yeah, I think the second group. So I think it's a very narrow treatment group who do okay from it. So the ideal candidate would be someone who's close or at their ideal body weight. They've got a localised area of stubborn fat that they can't remove or that they're happy at their current weight. So some people, when they lose too much weight, start to look gaunt. They don't look so well, uh, but they've got a, still got an area of fat they don't like. And then on top of that, you've, you've got to have a good quality skin overlying it. And that's something that's very hard to judge. So you don't necessarily know how well the skin is going to respond. So, you know, age isn't – there's not a clear age cutoff where suddenly your skin becomes rubbish and there's no elastin and, and, and there's no way of really measuring the quality of your skin before the treatment. But if you had good skin and you had a small amount of fat uh, – and what, what Kim's saying why it's only a small amount of fat is – it can only um, it can only treat the skin to a certain depth, or the fat to a certain depth. Once it gets much deeper than that, you, you're not going to be as effective because the it's harder to cool the, those fat cells. So there's two types of fat: visceral and subcutaneous. So is this only dealing with one kind of fat? And it's and is that what you're referring to in terms of getting deeper? Uh, yes, y- yes and no. Um, so it absolutely would not treat visceral fat whatsoever. So that's the, the fat around the organs that are inside the um, tummy muscles. But it also won't treat the subcutaneous fat, so the fat that's underneath your skin that you can pinch if it's deep. Um, so if you've got probably more than a centimetre of um, fat in that area that that you want to reduce, it's it's pretty unlikely that it's going to get those deeper fat cells. So for this increasingly small amount of people that we're hearing about that care, it does work on, how long does it last? Well, it should be permanent. Like any treatment that we talk about, liposuction or a tummy tuck where you're removing skin and fat, you're born with a certain number of fat cells. It doesn't increase or decrease through your life. So... The fat cells that are removed or that die are gone, gone forever. Um, when you gain weight, you're not gaining fat cells. The fat cells are just swelling, for, um, for want of a better explanation. And so, yeah, I mean, if, if you can treat the fat cells and remove them, then they will be gone. And they'll be gone in that area. However, if you put on weight or put on fat, um, after that, it's going to go to the existing fat cells that are left behind. So you'll then get weirder looking fat distribution. Um, and the same thing's true with um, liposuction as well. So, um, you know, if someone's got even contour but then puts weight on, it won't go where the, the lipolysis or the liposuction has been. Gotcha. Um, now, I don't want this to sound like, you know, sour grapes that we're promoting because we're not promoting anything, but we're not promoting liposuction over um, uh, cryotherapy because we don't have the cryotherapy machine. So let let me just be very clear. This isn't the first technology of this sort that's come around. There was prior to the – cryotherapy has been around for many, many years, but prior to that there was ultrasonic treatment, which we can use in liposuction as well. Uh, We have previously had one of those machines and it it worked in the same way – not 
technology was different, but the results were very similar. And in the end, we, we gave it away because it was not effective. Um, going back four years ago, we, we strongly looked at buying one of these cryotherapy machines. Two of these machines. Two of these machines. Um, and we looked at the results. We looked at the science. We looked uh, at the cost to patient. And we didn't think it was a reliable treatment. We didn't think it was a good cost um, proposition for patients. And so we decided not to go down that path. So it's not that we couldn't invest in it. We could have. Um, it's that we decided, we made a conscious decision that it was not a good treatment and that we didn't want to go down that path. And from what you guys have said, the group that it pertains to doesn't really overlink with the kind of demographic we have coming here for other surgeries. Have you ever had people that have tried fat freezing and then come to you? Uh, yes, I've, I've got a couple of stories actually where um, I had a patient who came in for a breast reduction and had had previous um, fat freezing on her abdomen and had the most unusual abdomen that I think I've ever seen. Um, and I think she, from memory she'd had six pads used um, that, that may be incorrect, might have been four, but anyway, each where each of those had been it had increased the fat in those areas. And so she had the the strangest looking bulges and awful for her because she, she hadn't put on any weight. Um, she'd gone to have this treatment for what she thought was small amounts of fat. And it's it's a rare occurrence, but um, to see what it looked like afterwards was, was really quite significant. Um, and so she, I did perform some liposuction on her to remove those areas um, completely for her. So fascinating. So she got more fat cells where the pads had been? Or the fat cells that she already had increased in size. <laughs> Not a doctor. Um, okay, wow, that's really, really interesting. Have you ever had anybody that had done fat freezing? Yeah, I mean, I, I do see them. They're, they're coming they've, – they've gone down the wrong path. They've been told that they should uh, have uh, the cryotherapy. And it's generally by a clinic that only offers that. So you'll see it. You won't generally – I mean, if you want to go back sort of and talk about the history of some of these companies without actually naming the companies and having legal issues, uh, one of the companies uh, did this pitch around to a lot of plastic surgery practices going back five, six years. And the, the machines are not inexpensive. So the machines back five, six years ago were a quarter of a million dollars each. And the company selling them was saying, you need two because you're just going to be so flat out, you'll need two. Plus, every treatment you do, there's a consumable, which was also not inexpensive. Just after that, after a whole and quite a number of plastic surgery practices had purchased these machines, the company then sold out and, just, and, and were bought out by another company and all of their machines went into these non-surgical clinics dramatically dropping the price, dramatically dropping the price of consumables. And so surgeons were kind of shut shut out of that. Um, so generally the patients we see are coming from these clinics that are not surgical clinics. And, and they're told that they're a good candidate, they have the treatment, and then I see them. And they clearly would never have got a good result. And it boggles your mind 
how someone would assess a patient like that other than for greed uh, as a good candidate for this surgery. And then as Kim says, they come in and their skin is all, you do see divots and you see irregularities and but it's obvious that they needed one of two things, probably both, weight loss, and we can't emphasise this enough, this is not a substitute for weight loss, and secondly, they needed skin tightening procedures such as a tummy tuck or a body lift or something like that. So the skin looks, when you get in there and operate it, it looks kind of the same, um, but you see a lot of contour irregularities on the surface. I have seen... um because like when you say cryotherapy, I kind of think about people going into this chamber with just their head sticking out. Is that different to fat freezing? Uh, yes, it's, it is different. Um, one, I think it's the duration of time. So I think with the cryotherapy where your whole body goes in, you actually don't stay in for very long. I've never had it. Um, but I think it's of the um, minutes. Whereas um, one of the other downsides to the fat freezing treatment is it takes an hour per area so for someone who's got a small amount of fat over their whole area of their abdomen, for example, probably needs eight pads. And even if you've got two machines, so that's four hours of two pads on at a time. So wow. it's really time consuming. And um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it, that's one of the biggest downsides is like they, they are going to be sitting in a room um, for all of that period of time with that machine on them. And it may be done in one sitting or two, but um, it's not, yeah, again, not quite as um, uh, as easy as you think, lunch lunchtime sort of procedure. That is so fascinating. Such a weird concept. So you're talking about how they were going outside of surgical units. Um, I saw a lot of people asking online, like, if they can use these at home. Would you recommend somebody using it at home and applying it to themselves? Definitely not. I mean, you can still have serious complications. So just as you can get a burn from heat, you can get a burn from cold as well, so frostbite. Um, and these are dealing with very low temperatures. And if it's if it's not applied correctly, apart from not getting any result, you, you may actually cause some damage to the skin uh, and or um, the underlying fat. Um, and good luck being able to afford one of those <laughs> machines to have in your house. I think the price has dropped. I think they're only about 200000 now. Oh, bargain. <laughs> <laughs> so um, aside looking past the fact that it's apparently maybe like one in every 100,000 people who could use this, what area is the most respondent to it? I know you mentioned arms, but are there other areas where people can like spot target? I mean, I, I, it, I, for me it would be ideal if you could – use it on the outer thighs because that's often a stubborn area and it's it's a difficult treatment with liposuction. But same with liposuction, you still need to have good quality skin. Um, so, I mean, if there was something magic where you could wrap someone's thighs up in one of these things and just turn it on and um, reduce the fat in a very even way, that, that would be great. But I don't think it does that. Yeah, and I agree that outer thigh is um, a tricky area to treat surgically. And also for this machine, the size of the pad, which is probably 15 15 by 5 centimetres maybe. So if you kind of even grab your own outer thigh, it's probably three pads that you'd need. And so getting that... For for people who can't see this, Kim's grabbing her outer thigh. Even. I was not. (laughs) He's lying. Don't believe him. Um, 
uh, even if you could have three treatments, three hours, um, it, how to get those areas to match up and to be smooth and even uh, extremely tricky. And same thing with the abdomen. Like unless someone had the tiniest little pocket of fat in their lower abdomen where you could put one pad on it and that would be it, it's pretty unlikely. I know we've mentioned quite a few, honestly, by this point, disadvantages. Um, but other than the admittedly rare um, fat cells growing in the area of treatment um, and freezer burn, are there any other disadvantages you can think of with fat freezing? Well, I think just the overall result. So if there are people listening to this podcast and they're interested in going down this pathway, what I would say is to really, when you go to the clinic that you've chosen – is to look at before and after photos and really be very objective, as objective as you can about looking at photos. So look for uh, consistent lighting in photos, consistent positioning, make sure the patient's not standing up in one and leaning forward in another. So that's a little trick that they sometimes use. And, and also ask what weight the person was in the before photo and the after photo because sometimes... People have these treatments and it's all part of a bit of a health kick and they might lose five kilos and then, hey, when you lose five kilos, you lose some fat as well and so then they look better. So you need to look at someone who has basically – because you're not going to lose any weight from having a bit of fat frozen. So you want to know that their weight is stable and that the photos are consistent and and, and that they're treating the same area that you want treated – so just because someone shows you like what Kim said, like some on your arm, um, but you want to have your thighs treated, have a look at photos from thighs and similar thighs to yours. So if you've got really heavy thighs and you're comparing it to someone who's 21 and they've got a small area of fat that's being treated, that's not gonna, you're not going to get the same result as that person. And the other thing that I would say is ask how many treatments that they've had to the that area so it, it's pretty unlikely that it would be only one um, and often I know these clinics do sign PP up, people up for a course of treatment which sure you know if three is going to be the best way to do that but um, maybe don't outlay all your money um, at, the, at the start and I did recently just see a patient as well who um, just I, I was assessing her uh, for a different procedure and she did mention to me oh, I'm having some fat freezing on my abdomen um, coming up soon will that interfere with my breast surgery and I was like well if you want me to have a look at that area and just check whether you're doing the right thing and she'd recently lost weight and she really has no fat on her abdomen and they she had prepaid for a significant number of treatments and um, she had a couple of kids she's got a bit of loose skin Um, really she needed some skin removed and her muscles tightened rather than fat freezing and and like, you know, I, I gave her the, the pros and cons um, that I believed with it if she was to go through with that, but really that I thought that she would not get a good result um, certainly wouldn't fix her muscle separation from her pregnancy. Hang on, wait, wait. Mus- fat freezing doesn't fix a muscle <laughs> separation? No. Uh, apparently not. Um, and unlikely to tighten up her skin either. And uh, so Gosh, she – she, Took all that on board and decided not to have it done, but um, found it then extremely difficult to even get her money back. So just 
buyer beware. Like if if someone's wanting to you to outlay a whole lot of money, um, she hadn't had the treatment, and she, uh, you know, I wrote a letter which um, made it from a medical point of view that it was not suitable for her, but it seemed outrageous that, that she couldn't withdraw without um, without that having changed her mind. But that is generally how they work. So they will. They always say it. it it's not going to be treated in one go. So they, they usually will have a package where they'll sign you up for three packet, two packages and then the third one is at a reduced cost because it, it helps in terms of getting a better result if you just do one treatment, you'll get virtually no result. So as Kim says, you're often investing a lot of money up front for a treatment that you don't know how effective it's going to be. So overall, sounds really, really good. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> right, thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Kate. Cheers. So that's fat freezing, folks. If you're still interested and you're an ideal candidate, just make sure you do your research and choose your practitioner carefully so you don't end up with... The most unusual abdomen that I think I've ever seen. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today. And we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.